Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Drive-In Studios on another gorgeous Saturday morning. Of course, I'm just kidding. It's another, I wouldn't say it's miserable, but it's not that great of looking out there. Uh, check with your local racetrack if you've got something going on and you need to head that way because it's, uh, it's looking kind of shaky out there. Good morning, Ronnie. Glad you, he weighs and he's glad to be here. Morning, Greg. I'm glad to be here too, but. I don't know. It ain't racing weather. Well, it depends on what you're racing, probably. Well, guy we're going to talk to later on done a lot of wet racing. That's later on in the show. Yeah, we have uh, our special guest today. Since Greg brought it up, we'll go right to mention we have George Falmer, who, I mean, I was looking over his list of accomplishments last night, and uh, I don't know if a two-hour show is long enough to, to mention them all, but we're going to have um, George on at 11.20. He's out in Idaho, so we're going to let him wake up a little bit. And we got Alan Hill. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, man. We uh, going to race today anywhere, or what do you think? Uh, don't look good. We're supposed to have a race today, or supposed to have a race today at Carolina Speedway. That's up in Gastonia. It's supposed to be the Schuyler Tull Memorial, but I would check with them to make sure that they are going to be racing today. We're also supposed to be having a practice today at Traveler's Rest Speedway from 1 to 5. And like I said, I'd with this social media we got now, they'll usually post it kind of early and let y'all know, you know, if they are going to practice or if they're going to run or if they're going to cancel out. Well, first of all, let me thank Perry for bringing in a can of WD-40 today. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because we can move our microphones around and not sound like the creaking barn door. And uh, I did hear that this afternoon around lunchtime, it started start getting a little better and just have some scattered showers after lunch. So there, there could possibly be a little bit of racing tonight. Yep, we should have some. Uh, like I said, uh, Gaffney last Sunday, it got called off because of this rain. And eventually this rain's going to have to move out of here and going to let us do some racing. But there's one thing about it. These boys should not have no excuse about having their cars not ready to go racing. Now, you uh, um, you have a special guest coming on. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I've got a, a one of our young guns drivers. His name is Austin Brown. Uh, we'll have him on here in just a little bit after we... Uh, give some of this rundown. We did have one race. We did have one race at Gaffney. That was on Saturday. They they was able to get it in. And this young gun driver's actually won that race. So he, he went out last year winning and he started off this year winning. So uh, if y'all want me to, I'll just go ahead and start getting to the winners of last week's well, let me touch on what happened nationally first because we usually, uh, you know, a lot of people saw the races on the weekend uh, last weekend and um, maybe they didn't. But we usually lead, lead off the show commenting about um, what happened out at Las Vegas where we had all three series of NASCAR um, 
running. Now, the trucks ran on Friday night, so we addressed them last week. But the uh, the cup race was on Sunday, and uh, kind of interesting. The only caution flags they had was for the segment breaks. So it was, I mean, I'm not going to say it was boring. It, it came down to a close finish there between the Penske Fords with uh, Joey Logano taking the win, his first of the year. He's naturally the... The defending champion and um, Brad Keselowski was second and closing in on him. But once again, I couldn't quite get there. Brad um, and Logano uh, carrying the banner for Ford and Roger Penske. So that was a that was a big day for them. Kyle Busch finished third. He had uh, already won the truck race and the Xfinity race. So uh, it sort of kept him from getting the clean sweep. However, um, he was uh, he was penalized for uh, too fast on pit road, and I think that's happened to him uh, a couple of times this year. So uh, he's going to have to watch that. Kevin Harvick was fourth, and Kurt Busch was fifth in the the first Chevrolet. Then you had Stenhouse, Al Marola, Truex, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. So uh, that was the results from um, from Las Vegas. Uh, nobody won, Ronnie. That's that's nobody picked the. You usually pick Logano, but but you didn't this week. You're right. Uh, the point standings in the cup look like Logano first, Kevin Harvick is second, Denny Hamlin is third, Kyle Busch is fourth, and Brad Keselowski fifth. So they are running today in Phoenix that we talked to uh, Nelson about last week, and we will talk about with Nelson again at uh, eleven uh, forty. And, you know, they re- reconfigured the track. And according to Nelson, they pretty much rebuilt the track. So uh, um, let's jump right quickly, though, um, Alan, to what happened yesterday in practice for the Cup Boys. You were telling me out there yeah. in the lobby. This was this. I was missed a- it. I wish I hadn't. Have. This was actually qualifying. Right. Qualifying. They uh, sit there and they, like they do on pit road, sit down there and wait for the last two or three minutes, and uh, all them boys tried to ease out there on that racetrack and tried to get them, the second lap was going to be their fastest lap, and actually, some of them kind of got mad because other ones wouldn't give a spot. You know, it's only a mile racetrack. Whenever you put 38 cars out there right fast and try to get a good qualifying lap in, but Daniel Suarez, he kind of got a little ill with Michael McDowell and went to him after the after qualifying and uh, Michael McDowell, uh, you know, one went down, the other one was across the hood of a race car. One was pulling the other one's leg, and next thing I know, it was it was kind of on. Well, I mean, is this uh, something I wonder if it carries over to the race? Uh, well, or did they hug and make up later in the trailer with uh, well, the NASCAR folks? No, I don't think they went to NASCAR, but they showed them still on pit road. Both of them was there, and... One of them was touching the other one's shoulder. The other one was trying to touch the other one's shoulder. One was kind of, you know, they said that they would talk it out before they actually started racing. Well, you know, this is like uh, like we were talked about since Daytona with Malcolm McDowell not helping uh, Logano win the race. And so he's uh, he's ruffling a few feathers here every week, it seems like. Well, you, you'll have it ever so often. You know, sometimes you can't get out of the spotlight and sometimes you, you know. <laughs> well... I, you know, we were talking to Nelson about it last week, and he said that they put an end to some of this stalling and all that stuff uh, last year. And um, so, I mean, I don't know. We'll ask him again if there's something they're going to have to address because I know, I know NASCAR wants a good show for the television audience. That's the main thing. And a little, a little 
fisticuffs is, is good for that. I wish I had seen it. I'm sure I'll see the replay about a hundred times uh, today and tomorrow. But uh, on the other hand, if it's if if there's somebody just being a horse's rear end and not getting out of the way so somebody can't qualify, I mean, I don't I don't see the sportsmanship and uh, and the competition in that. That's just uh, yeah, anybody could do that. It's like Smokey Eunuch sort of said. Um, he's got a lot of respect for cheaters and things like that, but there, there's no brains to a bigger gas tank and a bigger engine. So there's no brains to getting out in front of somebody and stopping and not letting them qualify. You know, that's just, yeah, that, that's not creative enough. It really isn't, Perry. Uh, there, there's reasons to go to fisty cups and that sort of stuff. And it, back in the old days, they had real reasons. And uh, it's good that we saw some action. That part, that part's good. But, uh, yeah, that, there's no mystery to big motors and... Big fuel tanks. Well, they say McDowell got in Suarez's way when he's trying to set a fast lap down. And then later after the, the little brush-up, McDowell said they really didn't have a history together. And he said he just chalked it up to the heat of the moment. He doesn't have any hard feelings. Of course, now, he's not the one that, right. that got his, his uh, lap cut short. So I might see what Suarez says about it. Well, I'm sure they'll be talking about it. And I tell you what, this microphone swings back and forth real good. See, we got we got three, four people and three microphones. And uh, Ronnie and I usually share one here and swing it back and forth. And it creaks. And like he said, it sounds like a barn door. But I brought in some WD-40 this morning. And this thing, I thought he was going to take my front teeth out when he swung it back around that time. <laughs> hey, a few weeks ago, remember, I was using the same mic. Yeah. And I went to swinging. And it sounded like a freight train had come through the building. Well... For a few seconds, but it, uh, your WD forty done a good job. It Harry. did a good job. I got it laying right there. If y'all want to do your two over right. there, but y'all y'all do know that this is as far as qualifying, it does sit short, you know, pit position. And whenever you sitting back here going thirtieth in the pits now, where you could have been up there at twelfth and got you a good pit stall, this may play out during the race. Well, you know. There's been some goofy stuff so far. Who was that guy last week? Was it last week that came into pits and got lost and stopped? And the other guy was coming, Priest was coming out of the pits and just happened to be looking down at his tack so he wouldn't speed and just ran right into the rear end of him. That was one of those, uh, it will, it will, number 52. It was one of those Rick yep. Ware cars, I think. But yep. uh, he, he just didn't know where he was going. And I thought, you know, the crews usually count them down like three, two, one. But he was. He was sitting still just trying to survey the landscape on a busy pit road. And and your priest boy, he was having a good day that day. He's had a good day every day. Yep. Just about, except for that. We'll look real quickly at the the practice or the time trials yesterday. And in fact, when all the smoke and fists and leather and everything dust cleared, Ryan Blaney had the pole position. He drives for Penske. And um, at 141.287 miles an hour... With uh, Chase Elliott second, and uh, I think I'll go ahead and take Chase for this week. So I took him last week and it didn't do me much good, but he's got a better starting spot this week. Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch are in the second row with, with the uh, Joe Gibbs Toyotas. Fifth is uh, Brad Keselowski. Sixth, Alex Bowman. Seventh, William Byron. So you got a couple of uh, Hendrick cars there. Eighth is Kevin Harvick. Ninth is Martin Truex Jr. And tenth is Eric Jones. Now, looking further on down the line, um, you usually have some notable people at the tail end. Now, we've only got 36 cars. And, you know, I used to comment a lot last year about the short fields. And, um, I mean, 36 is getting pretty short. That's a... uh, And and 
starting 35th is a gentleman, and I'm not disparaging him at all. The poll went at 141, as I just told you. Starting 25th is Quinn Huff, who I'm not familiar with, Mr. Huff. That's H-O-U-F-F at 125 miles an hour. So that's a pretty solid 16 miles an hour off the pace on a one-mile track. And that's uh, that's not... That's not too uh, competitive. Yeah, and that's also depending on what rule book you look looked at. Uh, that's a little bit too big a spread. Well, I mean it's it is, and I agree with you. And we'll see what uh, Nelson has to say about that. And then, but quali- not qualifying last because he's got no time um, is Bailey Curry, who is another one. I I mean I've been following racing a long time, and I don't know a lot of these short trackers. And I'm first to admit it. That's why we got Alan Hill in here, but I never heard of him. So uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. We'll make our picks later. I didn't mean to go ahead and pick. Well, I did, but <laughs> there's not usually a big fight over Chase Elliott, so I wasn't going to worry well, about ben, it. Ben, you cheated. I'm going to stick with my same horse. Who was that? Kyle Busch. Okay. He well, said he you... qualified fourth or third, so I'm going to stick with him one more time. You got him. He qualified uh, fourth. Yeah. And in the Xfinity Series, which uh, uh, runs later on today at 4 o'clock, they're probably qualifying right about now or getting close to it. But the results last week of the Boyd Gaming 300 out there at Las Vegas, the winner was Kyle Busch, as I said earlier. John Hunter Nemechek was running him down, but uh, couldn't get there in time. Noah Cragson, the, the truck driver, was third. Austin Dillon, fourth. And Michael Annette, fifth. Fifteenth was Jeremy Clements, who was uh, five laps behind, but he... That's his best finish of the year. He's It's his third race, and he's improved every single time. He still hasn't cracked the top 20 in the point standings, but uh, he's uh, he's heading in the right direction, and we will uh, see how he does today at 4 o'clock. Hopefully he can uh, get on up there a little closer. Yeah. You know, they are making a big deal about this uh, Kyle Busch as far as getting up to 200 NASCAR wins. Which turns my stomach. <laughs> Well, you know, Richard yep. Petty won his 200 at the top level. That's right. Kyle Busch is winning his 200 at every level. And I just don't think that it's compa- – I don't think there's a, com- a favorable comparison there. I think it's apples and oranges. Now, I know Richard Petty had the best equipment. I'm on my soapbox and drove – they had three races a week back then. But, uh, but still, you know, I, I can't compare the two. I look at it as the press of today and, and historians like – not like me – you know, they want to be present when the record when a record's broken. But I think it's a bum record. You know, David Pearson won 105 races, uh, but I mean, he won a few. Uh, I don't know how many, but he won a few. Uh, you were there probably yep. for some of them, Alan. Yep. Uh, the limit the uh, Bush series, and I don't know how many he's got all together. And David never did hardly run a short track racetrack. Right, but and I mean, but you know, he's got 105 mostly Cup races, yep. Grand uh, Winston Cup right. and uh, and Grand National. But you know, Kyle Busch with the, the trucks and the Xfinity or whatever they've called it, and the Bush and the Cup. It's uh, I don't I don't buy it. I don't I don't buy it either. Well, I tell you what. Speaking of buying stuff, we're going to sell some products here. Greg, did you have something you wanted to say? You got your mouth kind of ready to speak. Well, I, I was just going to agree with y'all. Uh, that's not right that, you know, that Kyle comes in there and, and running all the trucks and everything. And that's like the two guys' names. The names that we haven't heard of, they're supposed to be in what was the sportsman division or the Xfinity division. 
I mean, you, you just don't show up and crawl in a cup car. And that sounds like what has happened to get them two more cars in the field, and that ain't right. It also ain't right for, like you say, the superstars to come in, but they always allowed it a little bit to help the fan draw. But now it's ridiculous. And there's those fans there anyway. But we're going to take a break right now, as I said, and try to sell some uh, sponsorship, uh, let them cash in on what they've uh, spent their money on with us. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantai. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Rises up and stuffs it down. The honor. And the Blue Devils reach down and slap the floor. Here come the Blue Devils. The brotherhood. This is Duke basketball. Oh, you said Follow the Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone, Zion Williamson, right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from noon till 3 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. And welcome back to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Driving Studios here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, around the world, and on the Listen In app and uh, AM, FM, and just about any way you can hear something, you can hear us. And um, it is my pleasure to bring in a guy you're probably going to be hearing a lot about for a long time since he's one of the young guns out there at uh, Cherokee Speedway, Austin Brown. And I'm going to turn it over to Alan Hill and uh, Alan line this interview up so alan you go for it austin you there 
I don't hear nothing. Thank you. Austin. Okay. Austin. Yes, sir. Uh, you one of our up-and-coming drivers over at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, I see I've watched you a little bit there in Young Guns. Uh, start off with, how old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen. So that means, boys, he don't have a driver's license yet. So I guess your, one of your parents had to sign for you to be able to drive this Young Guns car at Gaffney, haven't they? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what school do you go to? Southville School. Okay. Uh, wh- what what part of this? Uh, you live in Union, Packlet, Spartanburg? Union, South Carolina. Union, South Carolina. All right, Austin, don't, don't be shy. Get up here and talk to us just like we were... Uh, Sitting yep. around in the kitchen or in your den or something or a, yep. or a, a victory lane interview, you know we, we need uh, we need you to talk to us now. We, you can do you can do better than one word answer. So yeah. open it up a little bit, buddy. Where are your friends? If, if you can drive a race car, you can talk on the radio. That's it. Uh, how long you been driving, Austin? Nine months. Nine months, boys. Okay. How many races have you won so far? Two. Two races. I think you won our big... Did you win our big Tribal's Nationals last year? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. And you started off this year with another win. Dang, Austin. There have been a lot of guys that have gone years and years and not get a win under the belt. And here you are in your first nine months getting two. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do many of the kids... At school, know that you're driving on the weekends like this. Yes, sir. What What do they say about you driving? They're excited. They like. They want to come to races. Does any of your uh, classmates help you work on the race car any on weekends and stuff? A couple of my friends. Yep. Well, that's pretty cool. Yep. That's, that gives them boys something to do, you know. Well, well, Austin, how many girls know you do this? That's a good laugh. That's great. Right. Yeah, two wins and nine starts. That's I don't amazing. care what division. Yep. Yep. Uh, that, that, that's he's got he's got the makings of a winner. Ronnie stole my question. That's the one I always ask the young guns. All right. Well, I got another question for you. Uh, who do you think's a better race car driver, you or your dad? Because I know I've watched your dad race over there. His his dad's name's Tack Brown, and I've watched this boy. His I think his dad's moving on over to a wheel modified car, and I don't know if he's passed this. Uh, what kind of car is it that you actually drive? And, and like I said, do, do you drive better than your dad, or do you think, you know, he's a better driver? I drive better than him. There we go. Now, that was a quick answer right there, boys. Yeah, he didn't have to think about that one. <laughs> uh, tell me, who are some of your favorite race car drivers? Bradley Weaver, Kyle Strickler, Kyle Busch. Okay, all right. he got he got he got a dirt track in there. He's got a Winston Cup driver in there. All right. Well, now, Austin, do you like to drive aggressively like Kyle Busch does? Yes, sir. That's that's the fun way to drive. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Austin, do you actually work on your car, or are you just mostly the driver? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. That's the way. That's the way to get started right there. If you don't know what you're turning, you don't know, you know, you can't really drive it. All right. Well, one of the last things here, you want to tell us who some of your sponsors are and thank some of the people that's helped you get to where you're at right now? Allstate Browns, Easy Money Fall, WT's, Derby's Electric, my mom and my dad. Yep. You better get that mom and get that dad in there. Because let me tell you, if you put that mom and dad in there, you might get you another set of tires for that race car this week. And listen, Austin, I know, like you said, you're you're at the middle school. Don't let this dominate you over your books. Because if you'll look at some of these very successful NASCAR drivers, a lot of them now, unlike it used to be a long time ago, a lot of them now are even college graduates and have taken degrees in engineering and things like that and not only help work on the cars but can help with the design of it so you work hard even when you when you're not on the track when you're in the classroom to make a good well-rounded driver is that right dad yes sir well you know you're talking about uh getting uh mom and dad getting him a new set of tires or something. Mama might be all for that, but not after he just said he was better than his dad. So uh, well, he, he, he might uh, go ahead. Well, let me tell y'all, they park about two stalls up from us in the, in the on pit road. And when this boy goes out there on the racetrack, I don't know which one's funnier to watch. The parents on pit road trying to look between whenever he's going down the back straightway, they're running up and down trying to look through the, the cars that's parked on pit road trying to see to make sure he's going down the back straightaway. <laughs> <laughs> What's your car number, Austin? 04. 04. All right. Huh? Well, look, it's been great having you on the show. We'll have you back on uh, a little bit later in the season to see how many more wins you've racked up and uh, um, try to. Uh, Try not to uh, dominate the conversation so much. Thank you. Thank You're you. very welcome. Thank that's, you for coming. That's Austin Brown, and uh, I think Austin is uh, a little Mike shy, but he'll get over that. And he's only 13. You had him, you built him as a 14-year-old. I had him as a 14. You're exactly right. Now, you were going to talk uh, in the first segment there about what's going on and what's rained out and what might be rained out and... Uh, Yep. Go ahead and go ahead and um, update us on the local schedule well, for this weekend. Like I said, with this social media, TR Travelers Rest Open Practice Day has been canceled. They're going to hold it next uh, Friday. Then they're going to have a race on Saturday. As far as the Carolina Speedway, the Schuyler Toll Memorial, it has also been canceled out as far as today. Carolina Speedway up there, they uh, they pretty known to cancel a race pretty early, even though if it's, if it's going to be calling for sunshine about 1 or 2 o'clock, they waste no time as far as uh, letting social media know to where you can make plans to go somewhere else and stuff like that. But like I said, uh, with this rain, hopefully this rain's going to get its system out of us, and we're going to keep on going, you know, get back to get some good racing. But like I said, we did have a race last Saturday at Gaffney. They did try to get this in. 
As far as our southeastern late model series, a Dustin Mitchell, and then number D8, they said he dominated that race from what I hear. Matter of fact, I did not get to go. I had a grand boy's birthday party from 1.30 to 3.30. And it's like I said, a lot of times family has to come first. In our renegade division over there, first place was Mitchell Duval. That's the son of Mike Duval. I think everybody knows that name by the heart by now. If you if you're from Cherokee Speedway, you know the name Duval. That's for sure. All right, Extreme Four went to a Scott Collinger, number three C, Young Guns. Like I said, Austin Brown. Good job, Austin. Uh, also in the Young Guns, I'm going to give a shout out to the first six there. We had second place, Landon Davis. Third was John Fox. Fourth, Rebecca Evett, our first girl. Fifth, Hannah Wall, another girl. Sixth, Bailey Lau. That's another girl. So, boys, y'all better pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) In our pure stock division, we had Kevin Nations in one. That is a fast car. Sika Thunder Bomber went to Ricky Bogan. Ricky Bogan. Then we had uh, Perry Waters. Then we had Steve Green. And uh, last but not least, Thunder Series late model went to a Lee Gray, number 11G. Like I said, from what I hear, they they got out there, made a few laps on that racetrack, pulled out that motor grader, kind of scraped it, brought the Packers back out. Everybody everybody knows that this time of year with all this rain, these boys with these dirt tracks, they've had a hard time trying to keep a good smooth racetrack. So everybody's sitting there and, you know, we you got to give a shout out to a promoter that does try to put this race on for us and what he has to work against a lot of times. Well, I think we've talked every week so far about uh, preparation of a dirt track, which I find uh, very, very interesting. And... Um, there's a whole lot more work to it than I thought. And, you know, I, I well, I'm not going to go into how stupid I, I was because I thought once you had a dirt track, that was pretty much it, except for watering it. But uh, there is a lot to, yeah. like, like Greg said last week, I think, Greg said it's a science. Yeah, it, it's literally a science. And Cotton Owens could explain it real good. Uh, I didn't even know. I thought I knew something about the prepping the track until Cotton explained it. Uh, at lunchtime one time but it's also a lot of racetracks it's they'll pave them to save money I mean it just some of them do that I mean that sounds hard to believe but uh, plus but people like to see racing on dirt you know I still love racing on dirt and, yeah. it, and, it, and it's sometimes cost effective for some of the shorter tracks to pave the thing so they don't have to go through this stuff but Hats off to the promoters for trying every way to get the race in. If they can get him in, they will. But it is a science. Well, like I said, uh, he's had probably, I bet you, 50 loads of uh, red clay. A lot of people usually don't like red clay, but sometimes you have to go find it where you can. And he had it hauled in there, but he has not had a chance, from what I hear, to get it on that racetrack. Because you'd be surprised these old boys last week, from what I heard, they washed probably 75 to 100 pounds of mud out from underneath their race cars that, you know, that if you don't scrape it off at the racetrack and leave it at the racetrack, 
And nine times out of ten, whenever they do go get the new red clay, it's got rocks in it. It's got everything you can think of, and they don't sit out there and pick them out. <laughs> <laughs> so don't leave the track with, with the man's dirt. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, kind of scrape it off and leave it there with him at nine times out of ten. After you, after you win the race or if you, you know. I like I like leaving the clay at the racetrack. Well, I remember. I think the first week of the sh- we had you on the show, you said something about. Uh, I, I, I said, "Well, where does the dirt go?" And you said, "Come over to my shop uh, Monday morning or whenever it was, and I'll show you where it goes." Monday afternoon, we always we usually race or wash our race car on Monday afternoon about five thirty six o'clock. And uh, well, see, you could you could use that dirt to make a little test track or something out beside the shop. Uh, we don't need no testing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Alan. Y'all don't, y'all don't need no practice. Oh. But, but no, the thing is, that is a big weight situation. And I can remember at Pocono, Alan's probably there, and they'd filled in all the cracks with something that wasn't worth a rip, and about half of it wound up inside the race cars. And I guarantee you about half the cup cars out there probably were 25 pounds heavier with uh, what's supposed to have been asphalt. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult deal. Well, I tell you what, let's do. We've uh, we got Nelson on the phone now, so what we're going to do is take our break, and we will come back and talk to Nelson Crozier and find out about uh, what we saw last week and what we'll see this week, and maybe even talk a little bit of Indy with uh, St. Petersburg getting started up. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this, and you want it to sound like this, there's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. Hey, Mitch, do you like barbecue? Are you kidding me? I love barbecues, hot dogs, burgers. No, 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 no Mitch. Not not that stuff. Not just random stuff cooked on grill. I'm talking about real southern barbecue. Brisket, pulled pork, ribs. Hmm, that does sound good. Where can I get that kind of barbecue? I'll tell you what the best place around is game day barbecue in duncan they have authentic southern barbecue like those ribs that brisket and that pulled pork all coupled with great sides like macaroni and cheese slaw potato salad baked beans it's all great stuff game day barbecue highway 290 in duncan this ain't no yankee barbecue they do things the old-fashioned way Franks for the memories is a great hot dog place for lunch why Franks for the memories because hot dogs for the memories just doesn't cut the mustard Franks for the memories has more than great hot dogs enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Franks for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Franks for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the Memories. This is the home of the Garnet and Black. This is Gamecock Basketball. 4-3, yes. Oh, they are the high-flying action all season long. Offensive rebound and a slam. Left side, yeah. Matches and crushes. An amazing comeback. And you can put spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina basketball, the Gamecock IMG Sports Network. Nelson. 
Jason Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. Nelson, good morning. Good morning. A little bit foggy here on the East Coast. Yes, it is. And um, I don't know, have you been, uh, I don't guess they've gotten started out there yet, have they? It's, uh, is that Pacific or Mountain Time? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's Mountain Time. Today it's a two-hour difference. Tomorrow it'll be a three-hour difference because they do not observe daylight time except in the far northeast corner of the Indian Reservation. Holy, okay, man, Nelson does it again, I'll tell you what, that's uh, that's amazing, and so, anyway, yeah, we got a, we got George, George Farmer on in about 45 minutes, and I think he's in Idaho with a two-hour difference, and, and that state's, uh, it's in two different time zones, but, so, how did the experiment or the new rules package work out as far as you were concerned last week at uh, Las Vegas, Nelson, the, uh, the only cautions were the ones that, uh, for the segment the ends of the stages right uh i thought it was an improvement uh you know we have different rules this week we last week we were 450 horsepower this week we're 750 or as mike joyce said the same horsepower we had last year well last year they were touting 900 horsepower from our shade so uh, what happened to that extra horsepower well what did happen to it well, uh, they put, uh, rather than uh, calling it a restrictor plate, they're now calling it a tapered spacer. Right. Uh, which prevents the fuel from puddling as much. But, uh, you know, you're on the throttle much longer uh, with either of these new packages. So it's really harder on the engine uh, because you're turning a higher RPM for a longer period of time. Uh, but so far, the engine has held, held up pretty good. And, uh, you know, Joe Logano last week getting a big commercial in for a sponsor, you know, doing the burnout through the uh, Penzo logo in the uh, uh, grass uh, in the trial. Yeah, and that, um, that was a pretty good weekend for Penske with, uh, with a one-two sweep. And now he's got a car on the pole for this week. Right. Well, actually, last, uh, last week it was a one-two-three because they won two races in uh, Australia. That's right. I heard him mentioning that. So, uh, um, and uh, one thing that Roger uh, happened to mention, uh, you know, uh, in passing uh, the past few days, was that uh, he had a kidney transplant uh, in 2017. Uh, of course, being Roger, he didn't publicize it, and nobody knew about it until just recently. I didn't know about it until you just mentioned it. So, uh, um, Nelson, uh, I didn't watch the time trials yesterday, or the yeah, the time trials. I, I wish I had when I found out about the fireworks. What what was going on there between uh, Suarez and McDowell? And I know we had talked last week about this uh, blocking and slowing down and not letting people get out there to qualify. And uh, seems like it came to a to a boil yesterday. Well, Suarez and McDowell went to a sporting event the night before, so they're really pretty good friends. Uh, but uh, Suarez was trying to make his uh, second lap or fast lap, uh, and McDowell got in his way and, you know, tempered flares, uh, flared a little bit, created a little bit of excitement. Uh, said, people said it was a big fight. I think it was more of a scuffle. Uh, 
but it was interesting to say Little McDowell, I mean, Louis Suarez uh, very adroitly uh, took McDowell down by placing his leg behind McDowell's leg. And did he get two points for the takedown? Uh, uh, unofficially, yes. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I don't think there were any repercussions, no calling to the trailer or anything like that. Uh, uh, the two car did fail inspection twice and uh, had to send a crew member home. Well, you know, and, and we talk about that all the time, how they're, uh, they're just so tight on those inspections. I wanted to ask you about... Uh, we were talking about the disparity last week in the, in the speeds, and well, not only do it does it look like we may have a short fit. Well, thirty six cars to me is a short field, um, right? But this guy that qualified thirty fifth, uh, seventeen miles an hour or sixteen miles an hour off the pace, Quinn Hoff. I mean, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. And then, and then the the last guy who I. I don't have a time for him, Curry Bailey. Uh, uh, Bailey Curry. See, I, I said it backwards. You know, what's what's the deal with these two guys? Do you know where they came from and uh, and who they're driving for? It looks like Curry may be in one of those Rick Ware cars. And uh, the 77 of Hoff, I think that's those um, those African-Americans that have a team. Is that is that correct? I believe so. But, you know, uh, I'm not positive on either one of those. Uh Spire Motorsports is the 77 car. Right. And, uh, you know, the 52 car, uh, that's also, uh, that's Royal Racing, as you said. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's, uh, 17, well, mi- 17 miles an hour on a one mile track is a whole lot different from 17 miles an hour on a two and a half mile track because you're going to show up a whole lot more often. Well, than- as I mentioned, I believe, last week, uh, Bill Francine told uh, Bud Moore, he said, Bud, those back markers and that roll into cane, they're what make your car look better. So, uh, you know, if you see all the cars going down the interstate, they're all going 90 miles an hour, uh, you don't get any sensation of excitement. But now you have a U-Haul truck going 45 miles an hour and your grandma going 45 or 46 <laughs> miles an hour uh, in the fast lane. Now it begins to get interesting. Same thing on the racetrack. Well, so, I- uh, you know, a good driver is going to plan ahead, know what that slower driver is going to be, uh, be doing, where he is, and plan his pass accordingly. So I don't have a problem with that. Well, and it's always actually been sort of like that uh but i can tell you for a fact going to charlotte in the dark every morning and everybody's doing 80 miles an hour is real exciting <laughs> that's right especially when it's raining <laughs> sure um nelson uh changing gears a little bit here for just a second and i don't mean to catch you off off base any but um what well, can you tell us anything about the indy cars that are starting up this weekend i know they're at there's a lot of there's a lot of new faces and some and of course some teams switched around and they're on the road course of well almost all road courses but they're at St. Petersburg on the the street course is what I was trying to say and there is a young man who was uh, on the he was the fastest qualifier so far um, he is a driver for Chip Ganassi and I'm looking for his name right here and it is Felix Rent Rosenquist. So, um, you know, looks like it could, could be some excitement with the Indy cars starting, uh, 
starting today with the qualifying, and then tomorrow, I believe they get the green at 1 o'clock. I believe you're correct, and currently they're having practice uh, session number three uh, in St. Pete. Well, the uh, if everything plays out, maybe they can uh, have a checkered flag on that one about the time the cup cars start in uh, out out west. Uh, it should be. Uh, I don't think those Indy cars run more than about two hours. No, I don't believe they do. A uh, couple of other mentions: uh, both new left side tire and new right side tire this week. Uh, the harder tire because track with all the sand it's kind of abrasive but with the higher cornering speeds uh, it's putting a lot more load on the tires so good use cautioning people go with the recommended tire pressure don't go below it or you're going to have problems do you uh, no go ahead uh, no go ahead that, uh, no I was just going to say that uh, I hope that we uh, it looked like a fairly decent crowd last week. Uh, Phoenix, with the new configuration, are are moving the the finish line. And, and what you told us last week that they've spent so money, so much money out there uh, recently that I hope uh, I hope they cash in and have a good a good uh, good crowd for this. Uh, I'm certain that they will. Uh, and uh, the other big news this week: uh, the uh, Monster Cup banquet is going to be in Nashville this year. Well, that's that's good. I, you know, that's. Uh, I really thought they'd found a home for it in Las Vegas, but I think Nashville might even be better. That's a great town, good town. Right. Well, I'm sure they got some good incentives to go there. Uh, so you know, a lot of different things happening, and you know, you're talking about you having uh, your WD forty. Uh, in uh, I had the privilege of meeting the guys who developed. WG-40 while he was working for the U.S. government, and his lab assistant stole the formula and went commercial with it. But basically, it's nothing but kerosene with a wedding agent and perfume. Man, I tell you, that Nelson knows it all. <laughs> Nelson, did this probably happen when we used to run up there at Nashville with the 420 at night? When, uh, oh, uh, qualify in the afternoon, and then you had to go back to the hotel because it was too hot. Yeah. Uh, and then you go back for the race. Yeah, no air uh, moved around in Nashville, uh, you know, in the afternoon. Well, you had, where was that place? Everybody go Printer's Alley or something. Printer's Alley. We'd go up there. I, I wound up somehow or another down at Printer's Alley, and then I wound up on the the, uh, the campus of Vanderbilt. And I was all mm-hmm. over the place. So, anyway. Yeah, well, Nashville is definitely an interesting place. uh it's kind of interesting if you've ever been to any of the after-hour bars. Uh, you go, uh, if they have somebody downstairs and warn if a police officer uh, or Navy SEA agent's coming, all of a sudden all the alcohol disappears and all you have are Coca-Colas or, uh, uh, you know, tomato juice, you know, on the counter. And as soon as the guy leaves, the uh, cabinets open up again and everything's just back like it was. Uh, almost like an envision of the speakeasies during Prohibition. Well, in the early 70s, I dated a girl from Vanderbilt, and um, I used to, uh, we used to take turns about every other week going going back and forth, and I tell you what, that was my first exposure to Nashville, and that was back in the days when, uh, the early 70s, when there was no Opry land yet. Everything, the Opry was at the Ryman Auditorium downtown there, and we'd, uh, 
after the show started, you could pretty much walk in the back door and sit wherever you wanted to. And we used to sit up there on like the front row at a, I remember it said Confederate Balcony, 1890. And I think the place mm-hmm. was, was renovated for a, a veteran, a Confederate veterans convention one time. But man, that's when you had Roy Acuff and balancing the fiddle on his nose and Ernest Tubb and um, just all those great, Leroy Van Dyke, all those great country singers, Minnie Pearl. Uh, Grandpa Jones, I mean, they were all there back in those days. And then when it was done, um, when the show was over, we'd go to uh, Ernest Tubbs Record Shop, which was right down the mm-hmm. street, and they'd go for another two or three hours. Right. Yeah. You know, when the sun came up, you thought about going uh, going home. Or <laughs> <laughs> if you were if you're real uh, hardy, you'd go back go to work or wherever you were without ever going to sleep. Yep, those are some great days. Nelson, let's get our picks in before we have to let you go. Uh, Greg's already taken Kyle Bush, and I've already taken uh, Chase Elliott. So who would you like? We didn't have a winner last um, week. Okay, I think we'll go with Harvick again. Nelson goes with Kevin Harvick running. I'm not used to getting the microphone back so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, I'm going with Kozlowski. And I don't remember you doing that too much in the past. Alan, you're going last here, and he's got a... 11. He's got 11 with a circle around it. I thought that was Ray Hendrick or something he was picking, but... uh, He's going with Ray Hendrick, the most winning driver in motorsports. That's that's correct, and a member of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Nelson, you're the best. I love the. I want to hear the rest of the WD40 uh, story someday. That's that's fascinating. We got to read. We got to write a book while I can still write. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, the guy who uh, worked for the government was uh, developing it. Uh, he was a football player for the Chicago Bears. And uh, his hand was about as big as Les Richter's was. Who was also a pro football player for the Rams, I think. Uh, yes. Uh, Les Richter, uh, they traded 13 men to get Les Richter. <laughs> Good you know, one, th- one final thing that and I know we cut for time. We talked Nelson for three hours. First of all, you never did tell me about the WD 40 deal uh, in, in detail. And uh, so we got to talk about that. But. It seemed like that a lot of stuff from military-grade titanium, the duct tape, and everything, all this stuff come from the military. You either snuck it off or somebody grabbed some and uh, they go on and on and on. It either comes from the military or from military contracts. Uh, I spent half a day yesterday at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte uh, going through their metrology lab, their engineering lab. And their motorsports uh, program, and uh, you know they're working on some interesting projects. But it's amazing some of the equipment they've got there. Uh, you know, uh, in the one room alone, they had probably five million dollars worth of equipment. I tell you what, Nelson. Um, I know they came away from your visit a whole lot smarter than they were before you showed up, and. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. We love having you, and you're the best. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, I guess, from uh, California. California. Okay, buddy. Thank you. That's Nelson okay. Crozier, who's, uh, what is he, Ronnie? He's the smartest man I know. I think he proved it again today, too. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I, he has something else. But uh, we're going straight to a break now, Ronnie, or we got five minutes? We're going straight to a break. So we will be back at the top of the hour and uh, 
going to have George Fulmer coming up shortly. And uh, when we come back, I'll try to update you a little bit on his uh, history. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. Okay, and we're back. That was uh, that was a quick break. While we got a second, while Ronnie uh, pushes some buttons over there, let me take this opportunity, as I try to do every week, to uh, thank Lanny McKinney, who does our website, who uh, does our podcast. In fact, I've been getting in the habit of every week of coming back and listening to the podcast some, at some point during the week and, and seeing how we sound. And sometimes we sound great, and sometimes we uh, we don't sound so good. And I want to apologize for last week when we sort of had a real ragged finish to the show, I, we were counting it down and uh, I had it timed perfectly to say uh, keep it between the fences and everything. And we went straight to a Trent Lancaster commercial. So uh, I know Trent was tickled about it, but uh, it, <laughs> it sounded pretty rough without the uh, Leonard Skinner doing the clothes. Yeah, it better, but it matter if I had normal fannies. But yeah, Trent was real happy over there. <laughs> he got a lot of press and he listened to the show. And like I say... He's a man if you want somebody to hand you money. And he's a good race fan and big supporter of the show. I'm looking at the uh, practice ti- or yeah, the practice times from uh, yesterday for the Indy cars. And they, uh, they start at the St. Petersburg Street Circuit uh, this weekend. The times were uh, rookie Felix Rosenquist. Well, the times aren't that important. It was 100, almost 105 miles an hour. But you've got... Um, 23 cars there within a second and a half of each other. So that's a whole lot closer than what we're talking about with NASCAR. The 24th car is, uh, he's five miles an hour back, Ben Haley, who, Hanley, who's another rookie. Uh, but you've got Felix Rosenquist, Ryan Hunter Ray, Marcus Erickson, Scott Dixon, and um, Alexander Rossi. I'm looking down here for a car number 14, which is number nine, which is the 19th fastest. That's Tony Kanan. And, uh, you know, I always try to keep it with A.J. Foyt's cars. And that's, he's, um, he's Foyt's driver with Matthias Least, who is uh, driving Foyt's other car. But you got Graham Ray Hall, Will Power, Sebastian Bourdais, James Hinchcliffe. I want to say something about Robert Wickens, who had that horrendous crash last year at Pocono that probably should have killed him. He, uh, he literally broke almost every bone in his body. I looked him up this past week, and he has finally moved to where he is uh, for the first time since that riding on a stationary bicycle. So um, he is he's coming along. He has been through hell with the injuries that he had and um, that, that were just absolutely devastating. We um, I've never really let, let him get too far out of my out of my mind since that happened because that's about one of the worst wrecks I've ever seen and that somebody survived. Um, and as far as the Indy cars goes, the uh, the third practice, which uh, is the only one today, is at 11 o'clock. So it should be starting any minute. And this is on MSNBC. Uh, qualifying will be at 2.30. And then they have a final warm-up. Uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30 in the morning where they do let them in IndyCar and in Grand Prix take a few laps before uh, before they get down to business. That race starts on NBC at uh, on March the 10th and there's there's been a lot of 
coming out this week about NBC taking over the broadcast of the Indianapolis 500 that ABC and ESPN had for so many years since like 1971 from a, a partial coverage to a same day coverage to a live coverage. And, um, and I was personally thinking, well, you know, the uh, NBC uh, sort of, I don't, I hope they can handle it because it's been such a, it's been on ABC for so long. But in doing my research, I found out that the very first Indianapolis 500 ever broadcast was in 1922. And it was only just like a recap. And then by 1924, 25, and 26, they would uh, have more and more coverage. But it was NBC that did that. So actually, NBC has had uh, the Indianapolis 500 before anybody else did. And doing the lap-by-lap, play-by-play is going to be Mike Tirico, who uh, is um, – of outstanding announcer. So right now we're going to take our top of the hour break. We've got this thing lined up and we'll be back right after this. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories, 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Hey, this is Arnie Spanier. In sports, a trade can make or break your team. 
A good one can mean a championship, but a bad one can set your franchise back for years. It's no different when it comes to selling or trading in your car. You need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. Just go to True Car. Simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Got a sports package or a moonroof? Watch as they bump up your car's value in real time. High mileage? You already know what it's going to cost you. But now you know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can strategize your next move. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes. Then, just bring your car into a local certified dealer and they'll check your car with you together. After that, you can cash out or trade in for a new ride. So, when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas. Hey, not to brag. But Buffalo Wild Wings is the official chicken wing of the NCAA. Yep, soak it in. You know who isn't the official chicken wing of the NCAA? Your couch. Because your couch doesn't have a partnership deal with the NCAA. So do you want to be home on your couch, the official nothing of the NCAA? Or do you want to be at Buffalo Wild Wings? The official place that has lots of TVs and beers and screaming fans, and it's officially better than your couch for college basketball. Buffalo Wild Wings. Please drink responsibly. And the Blue Devils reached down and slapped the floor. Here come the Blue Devils. The Brotherhood. O'Connell for three. Let's go. Delorier in transition. And throw it down. Dunks all by White. This is Duke Basketball. Here at the lob. Williamson with a two-hand shot. Follow the Blue Devils all season long on your home for Duke Basketball. Duke and Spartanburg Zone. Zion Williamson right here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines. Alan, we got to get a new, uh, we got to get the guy out in California to include Alan Hill with the local scene on that uh, that opening. Oh, that, that sounds good. As long as you're going to be with us, we got to we got to give you your equal time. But Alan Hill is contributing so much to this show, and uh, we love having him here, telling us what's going on locally. And uh, not only does he tell us what's going on locally, then he goes out and wins it. So <laughs> that's a, sort of a double whammy. Well, we we hadn't got to win to. I mean, well, we haven't year, got started yet. Yeah, we hadn't even got started. So yet. I, we don't have to go there. I want to see that Corvette on the dirt. Well, it, it'll be there. I want to make a note here as far as the truck series goes. We haven't talked much about it, and that's because they're not doing anything right now. They, uh, after they ran Las Vegas last weekend, they've got three weeks off, and they don't run again until Martinsville on March 23rd. So uh, they didn't go to uh, they didn't go to Arizona to Phoenix. They didn't go to California, and they'll be back on the half mile dirt track. Uh, dirt track. It used to be half mile asphalt there to paperclip at uh, Martinsville. I want to talk a little bit about our guest coming up in a few minutes for uh, at, uh, at 1120. For those of you that aren't familiar with George Fulmer, I'm telling you what, and I'm going to let Greg uh, expound on it a little bit, but 
George Farmer was one heck of a race car driver. He uh, he was primarily a sports car driver, and I mean, we I could take the whole twenty minutes telling everything he won and everything he did. He was so outstanding. He won the uh, Trans Am Championship, of course, for for Ford driving with Parnelli Jones and um, on the Bud Moore team in 1970. We'll Greg talk about that in a minute. That was those yellow Mustangs like uh, Greg just bought a new version of. Um, he won the 72 Trans Am Championship. He won the 76 Trans Am Championship. I think the the 72 was in a, a Javelin, American Motors Javelin. The 76 was in a Porsche. He ran in um, IndyCar where he won uh, the third race he was ever in, which was the season opener at Phoenix in 1969, driving a what was called a Cheetah. Um, he won the uh, Can-Am Championship, driving for Roger Penske in 1973. But he was, uh, and I don't have his seconds and thirds, or we really would be here all day, but he drove very famously for RC Cola. And those RC Cola Trans Am cars were just, they were right there with the Penske and the McLarens. And um, my brother sent me a text, Smoke, before the show, before we went on the air, saying, ask him about Road Atlanta in 1972. And it's when my brother and I used to go down there with, with all of our friends. And, I mean, that was some spectacular, incredible racing, those Can-Am cars at Road Atlanta. And um, George won the championship for them. He drove Bud Moore's stock car. Uh, in 1974, um, from Daytona through almost for half the season, and Greg can tell you what happened there. He um, retired and came back at 52 years old to run Le Mans. He won. Uh, he finished third at Le Mans. Uh, it's a podium finish for a guy that came out of retirement to do it. And um, I left out Formula One in 1973. He ran for the UOP shadow company uh shadow team which was a universal oil products and they were big in the racing back then these beautiful black cars usually number zero or zero one and um he drove not only for their can-am team for a while but he also drove their formula one team and in his first race he finished sixth at Kiyami, which is um south africa where not the same race, but that's where uh, Peter Resin got killed. And then the very next week, or the very next race, he finished third, a podium finished in his second Grand Prix race ever in Spain. So he went and finished the season out with them. I think he, he finished in the top ten in points. George Fulmer is an incredible race car driver. So Greg uh, Greg knows him personally. Greg lined him up for this show, and Greg's got some, uh, some stories he can tell us about George. Well, Perry's exactly right. Uh... George Farmer can drive anything. Uh, you go back and look at his records. Like I say, we don't have time to go over the second and the thirds. Uh, or the first. Or, uh, yeah, really. I left out that he, ran a, he won an IROC race the year he was in the International Race of Champions driving a Porsche at Riverside. Yeah, he did, he did that. But uh, George come to drive for us in 69 uh, as a second car to Parnelli. Ford wanted to have, you know, two two cars. and uh, These were the Mustangs. This and these were the Mustangs, yeah. but this wasn't in 1970. And Georgia, Georgia Parnelli was sitting on the pole every week, and we won like the first four or five races in a row. But then the tires started giving us trouble, uh, a, b- a bunch of trouble, and that, that cost, you know, Ford the championship, even though it was real close. But one thing in particular, I remember, you know, we still had 
uh, Parnell and George uh, in 1970, and we were the only Ford trio out there, but uh, uh, that had all the manufacturers represented. They say on Wikipedia, you look up Trans Am 1970, and they say, and this is unbiased people that don't care one way or the other, 1970 was the best year in the history of Trans Am. No doubt about it. All rep, all of the, the, the top name manufacturers were involved in it. And drivers. And the drivers, too. You had some of the biggest name in drivers. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. And uh, George, he, it's hard to believe. I got to say one thing. Was it Brainerd, Minnesota? Well, like in 1969, George sat on a pole, and I think we blew the engine or something. But we go back there in 70. Uh, and we brakes was running out a little bit, and uh, somehow or another, uh, I think the guy's name. Try to think of it. wasn't Mutton Donahue, but he was he was running like the George was was second, and we thought was on was leading this guy, Milk, Milk Minner, you know, and he Milk Minner drove a Camaro, said, I think. Yeah, and he had slipped through and not changed some tires or something, and we didn't have two way radios, so they had to go out there and point to him. So once he pointed to him, and George stepped up the pace, you know what many laps left, and uh, got to him, passed him, cleanly passed him on going down. Uh, I'm trying to think what turn, and they they had a turn that would remind you a little bit of the final turn at Sears Point, you know, where they round the hairpin, uh, the hairpin, and then go to the start finish line, and Milk Manor just flat run over George, and you know we obviously limped a second. But uh, needless to say, that was pretty good fiasco after that race. But uh, you mean George didn't agree with that? No, nah, George didn't agree with it. No, a bunch of Bud Moore employees didn't agree with it either. <laughs> uh, it it was, I mean, it was just totally uncalled for. And uh, back then, you know, it was a little bit, you know, you get away with a lot and everything. But that was that was about as more flagrant. Uh, than anything I've ever seen. But, uh, I think one of the things about those days, now I know the SCCA, Sports Car Club of America, had corner workers and all that stuff, but you could sort of get out into boonies and uh, and uh, send somebody off the track if you needed to, and it kind of it kind of went unnoticed except for uh, the two of you. That's right. That's right. I mean, they could actually kind of kind of hide from <laughs> inspectors and stuff. And uh, I remember we was at uh, St. Javi, Canada, and George sat on the pole. Barney qualified third. They dropped the green flag. George just takes off. He done driving away from them. Well, made the missing fortune at the very wrong part of the racetrack. The motor blew. And we had a wet sump oil pan type deal that had oiled the track up something, something fierce. George had enough time to hop out of the car, shoulder harness, you know, and get to the flag worker that we called it a meatball flag the old flag mm-hmm. and had to hit him to get the flag away from him and george is standing out there in the racetrack and here comes second through the six or whatever and he's waving the flag and to this day that's one of the most famous uh pictures of a trans am wreck I mean, they're stacked on top of each other. They're stacked on top of you. I mean, it got... It, 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 looked, it looked phony. It was so bad. It got <laughs> it got Horse Quick's car. It got this one. It got that both one. Both of your cars. Got both of our cars. And 
Donahue. That was really, that was really what uh, uh, drove the nail in the coffin for us for 69. And uh, <laughs> but George out there, way, if, let's put it this way, he was so dominant. But he, he, so many wins. I mean, he owned Briar, New Hampshire. He could run Riverside. Uh, I know we run Pinsky's Matador one time out at Riverside and sat on the pole by about two seconds. And I think the clutch or something went out on it. But uh, George drove our stock car. Well, that's what I want to get to next because we're, we're getting close on the time yeah, here. Okay. He came over with a sponsor uh, from Can-Am. This is after the Darrell Waltrip deal in 73. So go to Daytona with a new driver and a new sponsor and a gorgeous Ford. Yep. A matter of fact, what a lot of people don't know is actually uh, going to go race Formula 5000, which George had done it previous. That That's like... And I left that out. Yeah. He did yeah. good in that, too. And uh, we'd actually ordered two March chassis. Well, go ahead and tell about the stock so anyway, car thing. We don't, car we don't need that. Uh, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have no sponsorship with, 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 with Walter. And he, we knew he was going to be a superstar, but we money was the tight back then. And really, George come to us for the sponsor, and it it was for the Formula Five Thousand. But then something was said about NASCAR, and they upped the pride money, and and so they come along. Daytona Beach. Well, the sponsor we're talking about is RC Cola. RC Cola. They've been with George in Formula and yeah. Can Am, and uh, so we go to the first. Uh, we qualified real good for the five hundred. We ran second, 125 miler. That's correct. And we got some body damage in 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 the 500, and basically the rear windshield blew out. Of it. That's what wrecked him. You could fire white. You know, he spun or whatever. What don't run too good when you run it 200 mile hour and the rear glass comes out. Of it went down to Atlanta, qualified good, led good. Had Talladega won. Yep, I was that. I was at that. Race. And that was, and we broke a valve spring retainer. And he was just, he could lead the race at any time. Uh, obviously, he was super good at whatever road courses we ran. Uh, but I'm trying to think. It was miss. We, we was able to run quite a few races with him, and he was, he was doing a good job. I mean, there's there's no there's no ifs ands buts about that. George was, was doing a real good job. Went to Martinsville, qualified on the outside pole, and. Uh, was doing real good, and uh, but he he learned he, he was he was he was playing Richard Petty style. Like when he go buy a car, he'd kind of rub them a little bit. Well, what happened to the sponsorship, though? I mean, y'all didn't just okay. what happened, y'all didn't just fire him. But there was a no, reason. No, 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 no. What happened? Kent Keesler, who was the, the PR director with with RC Cola, he had come to us, and this was about the time they had a big deal with the Domino Sugar in Cuba and all this stuff, a sugar crisis. And basically what he told us, he said, we got to do something astronomically different or they're not coming back. RC Cola. Yeah. And so what he was basically saying, we needed to start running up front or winning race, you know, just being dominant. And uh, we didn't know exactly what to do, but the thing was, Buddy Baker come to us. Because he was in trouble with the K&K thing, or they, they was going through a restrictor plate. The Dodges. Yeah. Harry Hyde's Dodges. And he said, I sure would like to drive that car. And the reason he did, he did. Former was passed down. The anyway, Baker asked to drive the car. We went ahead and went along with it. We knew George was good, but with the hope, 
we could run good enough to save the sponsor. As it turned out, we didn't. And uh, and my, RC ended up dropping out altogether. Yeah, RC just dropped out altogether. So it, the way it turns out, looking back, I'm glad we got Buddy Baker. But being the sponsor pulled out anyway. I'd have been interested to see how George done the rest of the season. Well, he he did he, he did had done good. He had a, a top five. He had a, a he had two top tens. Interestingly enough, uh, as soon as he left your team, he didn't have a ride for a while, and I think uh, Penske fired Bettenhausen, and he went out to Riverside and drove the Matador and won the pole, and his his only pole he ever won in stock car racing, but it was his first race after Penske uh, got rid of uh, Gary Bettenhausen. Yep, that's right. And uh, George, like I said, his resume is unbelievable. Uh, always been a good friend, checked in with us. As a matter of fact, George had would be, be partially had a lot to do with Bud going in the Hall of Fame of America up there in Detroit, which mm-hmm. is just a fantastic Hall of Fame. He encompasses all the motorsport. But uh, I know I kind of running on, running off on time, but I, I, I could talk about George, the wins he's had. And so many things, but uh, well, you're going to get a chance to ask him some questions uh, personally here in a, in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, uh, hopefully everything is going well out in Idaho for uh, George Farmer. I can't wait to talk to him. His accomplishments are amazing, like we've been saying uh, here in this uh, segment to uh, familiarize all our listeners with George Farmer. If, if for Farmer, if you don't know him, and uh, Cause he's, uh, I tell you what, in the seventies he was he was it, sixties and seventies he was practically Mister Road Course. So we're gonna we're gonna take a break right now and uh, come back and talk to George Falmer. You are listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports fourteen hundred and ninety eight three FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. Improved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. 
Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plant die. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plant I. I used to have a sweet tooth, had it removed when I was a kid. So what do I crave instead of chocolate? A big red box from Granger. Granger satisfies my craving for great customer service with 24-7 support, effortless ordering, and same-day pickup or next-day delivery options. No busy signals, no cavities. I love Granger. You know why? Because when it comes to reliable product and technical support, Granger's got your back. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Ben Maller. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. All it takes is 15 minutes to find out if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. And Geico offers coverage for more than just car insurance. Got a motorcycle? Geico's got you covered. Got an RV? Covered. Got a boat? Covered. And there's so much more Geico could help with. Plus, don't forget the discounts. So listen up. Go to Geico.com today. See how much you could save. That's Geico.com. Open Mic Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, is anyone there? How do we explain our longevity? Clean living, for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on uh, Fox Sports Spartanburg here from the Beacon Driving Studios. And it is my great pleasure to welcome to Start Your Engines one of the greatest race drivers and a real pleasure to have on the show, Mr. George Falmer. Good morning, George. Uh, good morning to you guys. How's everything in Spartanburg? That's great. You, do you ever spend much time in Spartanburg? You must have come here a little bit to get your oh, rear end fitted I to a seat. Yeah, I, I, I made a few trips in there to... To the shop and uh, for stuff, but uh, been a long time. But it was a nice town then, so I'm sure it still is. It still is. And George, I tell you, we uh, um, I just did the from eleven o'clock till right before we called you, trying to recap your uh, your your life in auto racing, and um, I didn't I didn't have enough time. <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> you've done it just about all, and Greg told a couple of wonderful stories about you. I tell you, Joe. Yeah, I haven't seen Greg for a long time. He, he was part of the family. Yeah, and George was too. And it's incredible. You know, he, he won the championship for us, uh, for Ford in 1970. Yeah. Should have won it in 69. Uh, yes, that was, at, a, at that was, a, that was an embarrassment. <laughs> uh, of course, I think George said on the poll about 11 races in 69. But... Uh, then in seventy one, he was the number one driver. No, anyway, it, but uh, we we can get off of that. It's just uh, the thing that's amazing is the different series and stuff he done in Perry. I think you can. Well, I tried to recap it, and uh, I mean, you name it, you drove it, George. Uh, what did you like yeah. the best? Well, I had a lot of fun uh, with Bud and running uh, the tr- the Trans Am. Uh, that was an, an exceptionally good series. Uh, of course, we had. The Ford Boss Mustangs, and they were good cars and fast. And we had a lot of fun with that. And 
was good competition, but a lot of people participating in it. There were quality guys, quality drivers. So made it made it very uh, very nice to, to to have success there. And of course, with Bud uh, and Parnelli and myself, we maybe we were a pretty good team. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, not only that year uh, that in '70 when y'all won the manufacturers championship in '69 that Greg was talking about, but um, you also won it in. 72 with uh, American Motors with the Javelin, and then in yes, uh, 76 with a Porsche, uh, right? Yes, uh, we came back in 70, uh, 70, yeah, it was 76 uh, with a Porsche. So I've actually uh, had a lot of uh, my success in the Trans Am series, which uh, I, I enjoyed the series. It was, a, uh, it was, it was good racing, and uh, cars were good, and it was it was a lot of fun, so. Well, it was a real manufacturer's championship and, uh, and great teams and great driver. I mean, 1970, 69 and 70, uh, the, it was incredible, all the people that were involved in that with uh, Donahue yeah. and Posey and uh, you and Parnelli and, you know, Peter Revson, oh, yeah. you just name it. Yeah, we did have a, a that was a very uh, highly supported uh, series by the manufacturers, uh, Chevrolet, uh, and the Dodge even got in it, and then of course American Motors came along a little later, and, and Ford Motor Company. Uh, it was uh, <clears throat> well supported, and uh, that brought in a lot of a very talented guys. So, yeah, the series. That, that, that was that was a, a good great, racing, a great deal. Um, well, I wish we had that on television today. I mean, that that would have <laughs> that would have been unbelievable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We were just a little too early for TV, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it was an incredible series. And uh, like I say, George started on the pole in our car a ton. One thing that surprised me, and, and Perry could bring it, I did not know that you run Formula One in that shadow car. Yes, Perry, you, 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 there's a lot of things Perry looked up and found that I didn't know. Yeah. I, I spent a year in Formula One uh, in 73, and along with doing Can-Am uh, uh, at the latter part of the season. So You must have racked up a lot of frequent flyer miles that year. I think I got a few, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I never, I never really found out how many. But, uh, <laughs> there was uh, a lot of uh, overnights between here and London. <laughs> well, I think Pan Am's out of business, so you're probably, uh, your points are yeah. no good now, but you... Uh, <laughs> As far as the Formula One goes, I, and and in racing in general, I, and I went to a, a few Can Am races uh, at Road Atlanta, but um, I just, I love those shadows. I mean, they were black. They were they were just so awesome looking and 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 mysterious looking. Uh, number I remember number zero, but the uh, uh, as far as the Formula One goes, you finished sixth in your first start. Your first start yeah. at Kiyami, yeah, right. South Africa. And yeah. then, um, and then third in your second start, a podium finish in Spain. I mean, that's that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was a kind of a first year for Shadow in uh, Formula One, and, and of course, obviously, it was for my first year at Formula One. So, uh, I did. We didn't have all the all the T's and I's dotted and crossed like it should have been, but. Uh, it, we we were there, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and a lot of fun going to all different tracks all the time, all over the world. So it's a it's a great series. I mean, it's 
Yeah. It's gotten very, uh, very professional now and very high, high uh, quality of cars. I mean, they're. Well, even they're, even back in the 60s, the old uh, Grand Prix in the 50s, it's always been Formula One because it is Formula One. I mean, it is a top series as far as sponsorship and technology and uh, yeah. good drivers uh, and, and that it's sort of thing. It's, it's an engineering series, that's for sure. <laughs> well, George, you... Uh, I, also, I also enjoyed running NASCAR, too. So. Well, I was going to get to that, but I, I was going to try to get the, the road courses out of the way first. But, uh, yeah, you, 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 uh, you got nothing to, to, uh, to shy away from in NASCAR either, but I... I, I I'm, I said a moment ago that I went down to road, my brother and I and a bunch of our friends. We'd go to Road Atlanta every year. And the Can-Am mm-hmm. cars were just incredible. And you won the championship in 73 of the Can-Am series, which was, uh, I yeah. mean, that was yeah. also highly competitive, driving for Roger Penske. And wasn't that the yeah. L&M car? Porsche? Yes, that was the, uh, the Porsche with uh, the L&M sponsorship. And uh I ran that car for two years, 72 and 73. Right. I won, of course, the championship in 72, and and I was runner-up uh, in 73. But, yeah. but George, you were wicked fast in, in those Can-Am cars. I remember, uh, uh, we know what all you've done in our Trans-Am cars, in uh, NASCAR and everything. Uh, you done good in that, too. Yeah, I, I had a lot of successes the I enjoy racing, and uh, it was fun to do all the things I did. Of course, I was primarily a road racer. Everybody attaches the road racing to me, but I did well with it. That's where I started and had a lot of success in it. But I I, I love the ovals. I, I, we had pretty good luck uh, with Bud's uh, NASCAR. I had a Torino in there at 70, 73. And, um, that, uh, had a good run there at, uh, at Atlanta, actually. We finished, well, I think, fourth. We were, we were third, but we ran out of fuel on the last lap. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the race that I saw you run uh, for Bud was uh, Talladega, when it was like mm-hmm. you and Pearson and uh, Gary Bettenhausen, like, all day long up front. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we ran, Bud's cars ran very well. I mean, uh, I wish to... Uh, we could have had more success, but uh, I think we were a little strapped for enough money to, to compete with uh, some of the other teams. So, well, did you have stock in Royal Crown Cola, or how did you have such a uh, really a long relationship with them? I, you know, three, or, well, two or three or four <laughs> years there in uh, over two different, two or three different series. Yeah, I I, I raced uh, with uh, Royal Crown. Call uh, RC as we call it, and uh, I did that one in seventy two, seventy three, and then in seventy four, uh, they the Can Am series kind of was falling apart, and I went to RC Cola and I talked about uh, sponsoring Bud's uh, Torino in NASCAR. So at seventy four, that's where where the uh, RC Cola car came. Back. And you can't beat the combination of RC and a moon pie, so that should have gone over real good in the South. Oh yeah, that was our one of our one of our themes: RC and moon pie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, I think George, I don't remember Kent Keese or, or somebody like dared anybody. Whatever you say, don't say moon pie. 
You know, <laughs> RC was real touchy, touchy about that. And RC colas are good. Like I said, yeah, they are good. And uh, around, uh, I guess. that was a that was a good sponsor that, that you brought to the table. And uh, the one one thing we all know is they, they sponsors are hard to get. And uh, yeah, uh, still is. <laughs> Baker come and, and asked if he he wanted to drive the car, and they said, "Well, I got to drive." But uh, Keesler had told us that he thought RC was going to be gone anyway because they had that sugar crisis down in Cuba. So uh, I, I wish they hadn't told that or said anything so we could find out the year because I, I, we had. We will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast date, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast date, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast date, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast date, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast date, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast date, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. 
Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the Internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. 
However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 1400. You're listening to Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. If you're listening during our regular broadcast day, we will return to our Fox Sports Network programming momentarily. However, if this is the time of day when the South Carolina Gamecocks are playing, we are unable to stream Gamecock Athletics over the internet. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming as soon as the game broadcast is over. And then they break, and then you know what happens when the valve doesn't go the right way and uh, that's that's what put us out and I blew it and okay, oil came out of the exhaust pipe and on onto the track and I stopped and pulled it off for the side of the road and got out of it and was standing there watching I was that far ahead and uh, other guys came along and they, they, they hit the oil of course the flagman didn't have the oil flag out and he had a yellow flag out, but the you know race drivers don't stop for slow down for a yellow flag. <laughs> <laughs> an, oil, an oil flag will, will make race drivers slow way down, but a yellow flag did too much for him. So, Greg said you sort of treated the flagman kind of rudely or something. Did you go? Uh... Uh, yeah, I tried to speak to him. He was uh, French, and, <laughs> and I told him to put the oil flag out. I mean, that's how far ahead I was. And then the field came along, and I said, put the oil flag out, put the oil out. So I, he wouldn't do it. <clears throat> so I grabbed the flag and put it out myself, but it was, but it was too late. Mm. And we wiped out 12 cars. I, I, I was just talking about the yeah. photograph of that. They're stacked on top of each other. Yes, they were. And, and unfortunately, uh, it took all the Fords out. And, uh, Got us all. Quick, Peter, Shelby's Peter cars. Peter Revson was in a, in a Ford, and he was... Uh, probably at that point, probably the leader, and uh, <clears throat> took him out and uh, took took all the Fords out. So we lost the whole whole Ford uh, team. Yeah, that it, that was that was bad. Tell us briefly yeah. about. I think it was at Mid Ohio, and where you run Parnelli down. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I, and, I, and I, I had to keep him honest. <laughs> Uh, he was a he was a good teammate. He's a he's a was a good friend, and he still is. So we talk probably well, once at least once or twice a month. So oh, that's great we're, to hear. We're we stayed friends, and uh, we're both the same age, and uh, it was just a, a friendship that we had, and we were good competitors, and we'd race each other harder than hell. I'll tell you that. Well, we've got Parnelli. We have him on every year, and we'll have him on again this year. I'm, we usually get him a little closer to Indy. And uh, yeah. but uh, George, I, what what are you doing in Idaho? What's what's George Former doing in Idaho? Uh, more on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still pretty nippy up there right now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we we're still in the cold weather, but it's starting to turn already. And, Looks like it's going to be an early spring for us, but uh, you never know. Well, that's great. George, I, I, I 
Greg did a fantastic job getting you on the show. We love having you on the show, and yeah, we have a, we have everybody. But it seems like uh, we don't have enough time for you. You've done too much. <laughs> well, you call me anytime you feel like it, and we'll we'll chat some more. <laughs> we definitely talk to him later in the season. Thank you so much, George. And uh, well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You take uh, care of yourself. Thank say, you. Say hi to everybody down there. Sure will. Thank you, George. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. That's George Farmer. I tell you what, we don't have many. We have a good interview every week, but that was, I mean, that man's done done a lot. I, he, I love him. Yeah, he's first class. Well, we got to take our last break right now, and we're going to come back and uh, shoot the bull for a few minutes. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Hey, Mitch, do you like barbecue? Are you kidding me? I love barbecues, hot dogs, burgers. No, 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 Mitch. Not not that stuff. Not just random stuff cooked on grill. I'm talking about real southern barbecue, brisket, pulled pork, ribs. Hmm, that does sound good. Where can I get that kind of barbecue? I'll tell you what. The best place around is Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. They have authentic southern barbecue, like those ribs, that brisket, and that pulled pork, all coupled with great sides like macaroni and cheese, slaw, potato salad, baked beans. It's all great stuff. Game Day Barbecue, Highway 290 in Duncan. This ain't no Yankee barbecue. They do things the old-fashioned way. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Ask yourself, if you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course, with the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago. 
Mercedes-Benz. You give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. You build it right here in the USA, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all-new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, the safest, most innovative Sprinter yet, starting at just 33790 Built for you, the all-new Sprinter, built in the USA. Mercedes-Benz, vans, born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional. 2019 Mercedes-Benz printer available soon. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. And welcome back to our final segment of Start Your Engines here in the Beacon Driving Studios. I don't know what it looks like outside, but uh, hopefully it'll be good enough to where we can get some stuff done in between the showers. Uh, Ronnie's got two baseball games, so uh, that's uh, upstate upstate games. Okay. Rutgers. We got Rutgers, uh, the Scarlet Knights from New Jersey. All right. And so uh, we got like seven minutes. I tell you what I'm interested in is uh, at noon, our 22nd ranked Wofford Terriers play. Uh, I think they're playing. It's either, uh, they played the Western Carolina East Tennessee winner or something like that. I'm not sure who it is, but it's a uh, man. We need to keep those boys rolling. They need to keep going. And, you know, Fletcher McGee is, is 15 from breaking the all-time college three-point record. And he's. It could happen. He got eight in the last game. Uh, but they'll, win, they'll play today. They might play tomorrow. If they win today, they'll play tomorrow, I think. And then he could break that record on national television Monday. Because uh, ESPN at, I think, 7 o'clock, if, check your local listings, will have the SoCon Southern Conference Championship game. So wouldn't that be fantastic for Fletcher McGee of Walford to set a national record right there, a college record right there on TV. But anyway... Uh, what a great show, Greg. Fantastic job of uh, George Farmer. I love the man to death. But you got another good one next week. Yeah, we got another good one. That uh, He he done some wonderful things. He done the back-to-back Indy deal. We drove our car real good. And he does so many things. Donnie Allison, you know, yeah. name speaks for yourself. He's going to be on the show next week. Donnie Allison's another very versatile driver. And, uh, of course, one of the premier... I guess it still is because it's been around for so long. One of the premier sports car races in the world is uh, next weekend at Sebring, Florida on the old air base. And uh, as we said earlier at Daytona, uh, when we were talking about Daytona in the 24 hours, um, Alan's brother is highly involved with a team that uh, actually should have won Daytona. (laughs) Except they got screwed out of it because of the the weather and the caution and all that stuff. So... uh, so maybe they'll, they'll try to make it up, come back. They're going to come back with a vengeance down here at Sebring. Well, that's a 12-hour race. Get him on the show. Uh, yeah, that's what I... He said it's uh, 12 hours. I said, well, 
We tried to do 12 laps at Gaffney. <laughs> <laughs> but he says it's a kind of a long, drawn-out thing. And like I said, most of the time, they, they in it for the endurance championship and stuff like that to make well, them laps. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've heard of Sebring all my life. I think I went by there one time when I, in a previous life as a truck driver when I was delivering salad bars, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go into the grounds itself. I went past them, but it's an old deserted. Well, it's not deserted because they got a racetrack on it, but it's an old uh, air base. I think uh, Air Force or Army Air Corps or whatever from uh, from World War Two or even maybe before that. But uh, they started racing on it pretty much immediately after after uh, it was closed down as a military base, and uh, they racing on it next weekend. So I'd like to hear more about it. Yep, it's, well, a, it's a wicked track, and it's not a very easy track to drive. I know we run it in 67. Uh, George wasn't part of the team, but it was... Uh, with the Cougars? With the Cougar with Gurney and Jones. And uh, I think we'd re- I think we'd blow- one blowed up and one was running good and wrecked or something. It's not an easy track to get around. Well, I remember, famous. I don't know how, if they've paved it. We'll find out next, whenever, get him on, whenever, I don't mean to point at you, but get, get, <laughs> I want your brother on the show because we like to be diversified and, uh, right. and we, we got mind. a direct link here to sports car racing. We like to do a lot of different things. We do like to do a lot of different things. and uh, But uh, I know at one time it was like slabs of concrete, you know, like a runway. And a taxi area and, and all that stuff on the airport. And they, they just weren't all level. You know, so you're coming through there, hopping and skipping around all over the place. Yep. He, uh, you know, before he went to Action Motorsports, he had about 23 years in NASCAR with uh, Junior Johnson. I've heard of Junior Johnson. I'm going to tell you something. Alan Hill, who's been here from Spartanburg, uh, just like Mike, uh Worked for Junior Johnson for 20, 23 years. He was crew chief, car chief, whatever. He was there a long time, and he turned a whole lot of wrenches and responsible for a whole lot of wins for Junior Johnson. No yep. doubt about it. Well, he told Junior one time, he said, if you fire me, don't look in the back door because I'm going to be walking back in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Mike. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's had a lot of racing experience. That's all he's done all his life. I don't think he's had a really, ever since I know him, I don't think he's ever what I call a job. Yeah. Well, that's what Greg said out in the lobby. I don't know if you were here yet or not. I said something about, uh, I don't know, I was giving him a hard time about something. And I said, no, well, maybe you're telling the truth. Yeah, I, I said, Greg, you don't do anything all day long. And he said, well, I've never had a job. <laughs> no, I haven't. But uh, no, Mike did have a job. I mean, he, he was underneath the car turning wrenches and... And him and Tim Brewer or Travis, whoever was there, and I think he was, Mike might have been there longer than a lot of them guys. I mean, he, but. Well, Greg had a job. Don't, yeah. don't get, I mean, well, no, read Mike, the book we wrote. He had a job. Well, read, look at the title, uh, Bud Moore's Right Hand Man, I think. Well, that means you had a job and a that good means, one. That means I had a little bit of a job, but wasn't necessarily all turning wrenches and building motors. I was a yeah. dino man. Well, Bud's, you know, Bud's traveling companion. A lot of times, I don't think turning wrenches is a job. I just, you know, that's what his whole point is. He's never had a job <laughs> because it, if you do something you like, you know, or even better than that, something that you love, you probably don't have a job. I've always had a job. I've had some pretty cool jobs, but I've, you know, I've, I got to tell you, it's uh, I've never had one where I 
maybe once or twice in the Secret Service, but I've never really had a job where I couldn't wait to get there. Yeah. You know? That's the way I was. I, I was always there opening up the shop when Daryl couldn't. Uh, sometimes we could, I'd, I'd work on Sunner Head at night, uh, going like the shop and do stuff that we got behind. Uh, I just loved it so much. And uh, if I was in good enough shape and got the opportunity to do it again, I'd do it again. Well, you said you were Bud Moore's traveling companion back then. You were Bud Moore's traveling companion till, uh, to the finish. And I'll never forget Greg saying, when Bud Moore retires, I retire. I don't have any desire to work for another team. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're just about up against it here. And uh, I want to thank all of our guests, Austin Brown, who was uh, just uh, so outgoing and outspoken. We'll have him back later on in the year and, and let him uh, tell us how he's doing. And George Fulmer, who was absolutely fantastic. I love talking to him. Next week, we got Donnie Allison. And then a week after that, we got another one that we'll talk about later. So uh, that's, uh, that's it for this week. We appreciate everybody listening. Uh, thank you so much. Be careful over the weekend. And above all... Keep them out of the ditches. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Wood's books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Spartanburg's radio home for University of South Carolina basketball is Fox Sports 1400 WSTG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Sports trending now.